1: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Injury Central YouTube channel. I'm Thomas Casale with Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow. Well, Doc, we did it. We reached the big game. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Bengals. It's the Rams. Well, we got a lot to unpack here from another crazy uh, Sunday of football. Give me your initial thoughts on a game that not, I don't I don't know if not many, I don't know if anyone predicted what happened at the beginning of the season.
0: Well, couple things come to mind. Three quick things. Number one, both teams that made the Super Bowl overcame double-digit deficits. I think it's very unusual for it ever to happen, but both teams. And the second thing is both are number four seeds. That hasn't been in a while. There's always usually a lot of number one and number two seeds. Two number four seeds. And after the entire history of the Super Bowl, never having a home team be the host— we have a two years in a row, last year pandemic with the, with the Bucks, and now this year SoFi with the Rams. So uh, lots of uh, unusual stuff here.
1: Yeah, and Doc, um, we we're gonna get into what happened on Sunday with some of the injuries. But just to let everyone know, we'll have all the Super Bowl information at sixscore.com. You can follow us on Twitter at profootballdoc and subscribe to all our videos here on YouTube. We'll have a ton of stuff up. So, Doc, after the after the game's finished last night, you and the crew were up. You came up with our uh, initial six scores for the Super Bowl, and we do give the Rams in terms of health a slight edge. They're 86.8. The Bengals are 82.9. And hey, for this point in the season, that's pretty That's pretty healthy, right?
0: Well, look, you have to have some health in order to make it as far as you have. And so you're not going to have uh, big, huge six-score team differentials. But we'll get into it today, this week, and leading up to it. There are going to be spots where, whether it's a team's run offense against a run defense or vice versa, where there are advantages to be had, and I'd say, Thomas, kudos to you and the team and the guys. Uh, in in like doing very well on the props so far in these uh, playoffs, uh, et cetera. I mean, I I think you and I even discussed it. I was like, when you guys were saying Jimmy G over one and a half touchdowns, I'm like, this thumb ain't that healthy. But you guys justified it by the process in terms of what what the Rams were doing on defense and the safeties, this that the other, and he indeed hit it. So I, I know uh, the king of all. Prop games is the Super Bowl, so I know I'm just doing the analysis, and I know you guys will come up with some some good stuff looking at the analysis.
1: Yes, Doc, and we are going to talk about Jimmy G before we uh, go off the air. An interesting uh, interview and article by uh, Mike Silver is out there, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, First, let's though let's get to the you know the Super Bowl here. The Rams are a four point favorite, forty eight and a half, but like you mentioned. This is one of those games where there's the, there's the line for the game, but there's a thought, literally a thousand other ways to bet it. We're going to be getting into that all week, all over the next two weeks. Cause you know, I love to bet props. I want to get your thoughts. So let's dive in into two tight ends were injured yesterday, Doc, could, could change this game a little bit. Let's start in Cincinnati uh, with, uh, with C.J. Uzama, who injured his knee. What are your thoughts on him playing for the Super Bowl, and if he does play, how effective?
0: Well, you know, both C.J. Uzama and Tyler Higbee have MCL sprains by video. Uh, uh, Uzama has been confirmed to have an MCL. I still have some concern that we want to hear final word that the rest of the MRI is clean. There's no other associated damage, and I hope that that comes true. But right now, this minute, if you said, "Is CJ Uzama's MCL injury a miss one game and return to play in two weeks injury?" The answer is no. If you told me right now, Tyler Higby, is this a get injured in week ten and playing week twelve knee injury MCL? The answer is no. But this is the Super Bowl, right? And that extra week has super healing powers and the whole two weeks. I mean, we all remember, uh, uh, you know, in Philadelphia. Terrell uh, Owens. Terrell Owens with the, quote, broken ankle and and returning to play. Uh, There's all sorts of examples in the Super Bowl. No one wants to miss this game. So with that in mind, uh, 24-7 rehab, no one why to miss this game. If this were the regular season, neither one is playing in two weeks. But being it's the Super Bowl, uh, I think that Higby is the one that I'm more optimistic might be able to return, and Uzuma less so. Uh, if we call them both 50-50s, I'd put Higby on the good side of 50-50 and Uzum on the bad side. I mean, look, we called the MCL in-game. He got folded up on. You saw his reaction. Uh, Higby's was less dramatic. But typically, you don't go from crutches, a big heavy brace, with his knee fixed and not bending, and not putting weight on it, to playing football in two weeks. And that was Uzuma on the sidelines. Now, maybe they didn't let him put weight on it on purpose, and that's the reason why. But often with MCLs, you're able to put weight on it with the brace and or crutches. He wasn't. And based on severity of the video, I'm if you're on Uzuma than I am on Higby. But in a regular, neither one will be 100%.
1: Yeah, Doc, can you make an interesting point? I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, we talk all, all the time about the process of injuries, it's threefold, right? It's the team, it's the medical, it's the player. Now, the it's nobody's dream to play the Jaguars in Week 10, right? So you tell them they can't play, they can't play. And Now, we know Dak Prescott wanted to play against the, I'm sure, against the Vikings, right? And they said, no, Dak, you can't play, we, we need you for the rest of the season. But as you mentioned, this is the Super Bowl. This is what people dream about their entire lives. How much more, if any, say, do the players have in the process of the Super Bowl? Is the medical team, if you're the doctor, are you more likely to let them play in the Super Bowl than you would during the regular season?
0: Yes, for this reason. Not because, oh my God, you're, you're bending your ethics or morals, but there's no next week. When you're in season... Okay, let's just take a random example of a hamstring. If you come back a week too early, you could miss the next month. Don't do it. If it's the Super Bowl and you come back too early, okay, your team is down a player, but there's no downstream repercussions. And let me tell you, it's going to be a lot harder for a doctor for a Super Bowl to have veto power because the player is going to say, I got the whole offseason to get better. Unless you're talking about something where there's permanent damage or it's very clear. Yeah, the Dr. veto power is diminished. He still has it. She still has it, but it's diminished. And the player is obviously want, going to want to go. But imagine, okay, let's just take CJ Guzma, for example. The guy's been a great Bengal for them. He's had hard luck coming off the Achilles. He's made great work and great rehab. Normally, if a player is, let's say, 50% healthy, he's not playing in the regular season or even in the playoffs because guess what? There's another week. There's another week. We want you effective when you come back. Here, it's all or none. So even if somewhere 50 or 60%, there's a higher chance that person plays in the Super Bowl than in other situations. Um, and the other thing is if you rob a player who's been key and core to your team the chance to play in the Super Bowl, There could be downstream hard feelings. So the team has the same veto power, okay? Um, You know, uh, it's kind of like I have little kids, but uh, it's kind of like saying your your son or daughter might have done something really bad. And normally you would ground them this weekend. But are you going to ground them on the weekend that it's their senior prom? That's, that's, you might say, let me ground you another weekend, okay? I mean, that's what the Super Bowl is, right? And so it's just different decision-making patterns, uh, et cetera. Terrell Owens would not have played if that was not the Super Bowl, right? And so this is what gives Higby and Uzuma a chance, but we'll have to see. And even so, I mean, hopefully we'll have some video and other things, and I'll be going up. Although I don't think teams are coming in till late in the week this year. The last few years, other than the pandemic in, in Tampa, I've been at the Super Bowl and attending some of the press sessions and credentials, but we'll see what happens this year uh, in L.A. in terms of timing. But hopefully we'll get some beat reporter video and other things and see how they're, they're moving and doing like we have these whole playoffs.
1: And this does affect the betting market, Doc, because there's no tight end props up yet. They have put out FanDuel has props up on some of the bigger name guys at different positions. But people like me who are waiting for those Kendall Blanton props to jump on, there's uh, there's nothing there yet because they're waiting for this injury. You know, they want, They're they not going to set a number if Higby's going to play or if he isn't going to play. So this information that you're going to be giving out the next couple of weeks is going to be useful for props because here's the thing. If Higby plays, Blanton's number is going to go way down. But if you're saying to me that, listen, this guy's 50%, I'm going to hit that hard, right? And so it's, that's why this injury information can be helpful to betters. There's, there's a lot that goes into making those lines. Now, Doc, a couple. A couple other position guys at a certain position were impacted on Sunday one was Andrew Whitworth uh, the left tackle of the Rams who played injured the other um, was uh, was Trent Williams for the 49ers who didn't make it into the Super Bowl but we have a lot to say about him so let's start in Cincinnati though with and uh, in, in in the Rams with the former Bengal—it's a big storyline this week. Doc uh, Whitworth playing his old team. What did you see from him on tape? And how, obviously he's he's going up against Bosa, who's an absolute who who can whoop you on a good day. But overall, how did you think he looked? He looked like
0: he was forty and coming off of injury. Whitworth's a great player. I'm not, but that's not Andrew Whitworth in his prime, and that's not Andrew Whitworth at hundred percent. That's the first question, Jacob. Can you figure out for us how many, if any, Cincinnati Bengals that Whitworth played with? I mean, I I get the storyline that he was a longtime Bengal and he's connected to the community. But he certainly wasn't there when Zach Taylor came on as a coach. Uh, My guess, the over-under might be three at the number of players that Whitworth played with that's still on the Bengals. Uh, and let's see how that over under does. <laughs> not that many, so no. it is a big storyline. But I think it's a little bit overblown. It's it's rooting for
1: helmet decals. It's well, not- yeah, and it's the Super Bowl. So listen, Doc, I'll, I'll tell you one thing: there won't be an article written in Detroit this week that isn't about Matthew Stafford. <laughs> he doesn't even play for him anymore, right? It's a like, it's like he still belongs to Detroit. So you're Super Bowl. You're always trying to find those crazy storylines. No, no, no question. But
0: look, Whitworth, look, Nick Bosa, the, the 49ers did a good job. They they got two sacks. And, and I'm not saying Whitworth was horrible, but I honestly think that besides age, a little bit of rust, because his backup, Noteboom, wasn't ready to go with his pack, I think that accelerated Whitworth a little bit in needing to play. And kudos to him that he did play. He's got two weeks, so he'll get healthier, he'll get some rest. But I don't think he was at his best in this game. And Trent Williams really wasn't. I am amazed that the Rams couldn't take advantage of it. We look at some some video here. Very first play of the game here for uh, Trent Williams. In that whole first series, he was on roller skates on the, on the right side. Uh, on his right ankle there. Uh, yeah, and
1: Doc, this is interesting because you told me something off camera that I want you to explain here. Because, you know, I've already been monitoring the betting market. We're going to talk about two guys who are already getting a, a lot of play right now. One of them's Von Miller. Okay, I've seen people betting him for MVP already at like twenty to one. But I sent a message during the game to you that said, "How is Trent Williams doing?" Because I haven't heard from Von Miller at all, right? And you said he looks like a hot mess. I mean, I literally two minutes after you said that they put Aaron Donald on him, and Donald was in the backfield on every play. So you explain to me why that that why that happened. So tell everyone here.
0: Don't don't throw me under the bus with Forty Nine er fans. Okay, they're gonna <laughs> kill me. What I meant by hot mess is that that's not Trent Williams. Okay, he's a gamer. Good on him. He probably took an injection to play with a high, high ankle. Once again, if that's not for the NFC championship to go to the super bowl he doesn't play we all know philip rivers under my watch here's a good example with consent with proper protection outside the box we allowed him to play six days after an e-scope on a torn acl with a brace against new england in 2008 in that afc championship game so i'm not throwing any stones against the 49ers or trent williams or their medical staff for what they decided to do they did what they could Uh, in that situation. But Trent Williams was not anywhere close to 100%. And we said at Sports Injury Central, he's not going to have a lot of power on that ankle. Pass rush, I think he could have some technique, but he won't have power. And you saw, especially against the run game, he didn't have straight ahead, push off the right ankle power. He was kind of off of one leg. So to me, the way to rush him isn't to speed to the outside because that's just Trent Williams controlling his Mm -hmm. body to get in the right position and get his hands on you. But if you come at him with power, which Aaron Donald did, and make him a little bit off balance, or perhaps have to load that right ankle with his 300 plus pounds, pushing against another 300 plus pound person, that's where the deficiencies and weaknesses show. So not all... Uh, tactics work the same. I think it's more of a power rush or make him load his right ankle. Of course, he's got an offseason now and, and, and we don't need to worry about it. But it's different techniques. And I've always been a big advocate and maybe it's an offseason pod. You know, analytics is great. But injury analytics, not bounty gate, attack the guy's knee because it's hurt. But based on Trent Williams' high ankle sprain, what are the things he can do well and can't do well? And how do you technique-wise take advantage? Like a certain wide receiver, maybe uh, uh, eight times out of 10 runs an out route here, but maybe they can't because of the side of field or the the, the uh, turf toe injury or whatever in a certain game. So we'll talk about that more in the off season. But Trent Williams, I thought did a great job Nowhere near 100%, and boy, I thought the Rams, they made it through, so they're good, but they really could have, and I think should have taken advantage of that more. Technically, no sacks, although some Aaron Donald good pressures late in the game, including that ill-advised throw
1: pick kind of thing uh, to avoid the sack. Yeah, and you know, for me, I'm glad you uh, glad you uh, went into detail because I thought that was an underrated aspect of how that game was decided. Raheem Morris, who I think is more than well deserving of a second chance at a head coaching job in the NFL, put Aaron Donald in a spot where he he doesn't play often. And that really kind of changed the complexity of that game. So, uh, you know, again, injuries matter. <laughs> Even if guys play, they matter. And we're going to talk about a guy in a, in a couple minutes here who played injured. But another guy, Doc, who, who I want to I
0: think Jacob has the answer. What do, what do you got? So last year in Cincinnati, was 2016, three players. <laughs> yes! <laughs> three
1: players! <laughs> a- including uh, including Uzama. And they said his uh, his MRI came back clean, just MCL spring.
0: Okay. Uh, still a significant MCL so Uzuma what we said about Uzuma still holds he's not ruled out we didn't get any extra bad news which is good but it, everything else still holds so Uzuma who are the other two Tyler Boyd and Trey Hopkins Tyler Boyd see it, it, it sounds like a setup I I, yeah, swear I, thought I, can... Boy,
1: I thought Boyd was one of them but the the yeah the I didn't get the other two though the so Doc I'm gonna make a prediction right now the most bet player. Super Bowl MVP, Odell Beckham Jr. That will be the number one most bet player for a couple reasons. One, his odds. Two, the narrative, right? The Odell got cut from Cleveland. He went to, you know, uh, three, he's a popular player. Casual fans want to bet on him. And four, the matchup. Odell versus eli apple who has been all over social media recently i i don't know he might want to wait till after the super bowl because i think he might have a long day but i you've been on odell from the start a lot of people are saying oh well he looks better because he's out of cleveland and he's playing matthew with matthew stafford yes that's part of it but you think there's another reason why he's playing so well
0: yeah no question and and, and hopefully uh uh we follow through, and uh, uh, I think I think Odell will. He's agreed to come on the podcast in the off season. So, uh, of course, in season he wasn't going to do it. This is when we were bantering a little bit about his ACL and DM and and, and on Twitter and, and so forth. Look, I know that there are people going to say uh, Baker Mayfield couldn't get Odell the ball. Odell was a bad actor in Cleveland, forced himself out of what was going on. But if you go and look at our Sports Injury Central preseason preview, we said, as a wide receiver, Odell Beckham's second half of the year will be a lot better than the first half of the year. And the first half of the year was made worse because of that shoulder injury, no question. But a lot of it is, no question, a new start, uh, a different quarterback, a different scheme, and quite honestly, one where he's now the number two right? Cooper Cup is the number one. So the double teams go to Cup. The number one corner goes to Cup often, right? And so that makes him shine. But also the second half of the season, he was eight games in, uh, we did this earlier, eight games uh, with the Browns and the eight games in the regular season with the Rams. Uh, There obviously was a bye week in there. The stats are overwhelmingly strong for the Rams. And it's really just a ramp up over time. And, and if you took the last four games in the regular season with the Rams, way better than the first four. If you take his playoffs, so he's ascending, not only getting used to the team, but the knee, that's how long it takes to get better. So I think the real narrative isn't that Baker Mayfield was a bad guy, couldn't get him the ball, or he was disgruntled, is that he worked his way into good shape in the knee. And, of course, a different venue, different scheme, being the number two all helped him as well. But that ACL is significant. Same with Joe Burrow. You remember, besides Joe Burrow, you know, some saying he should take 2021 off. Uh, remember in the preseason, there was a lot of questions about Joe Burrow. And I said, look, like, he'll be ready week one. He won't be 100% looking, and we'll do an article and break down his numbers the second half of the season versus the first half of the season. Remember, recovery from any injury, especially if, from an ACL is not a light switch. It's not like yesterday he couldn't and today he can do it all. It's gradual uh, in terms of uh, recovery. And that's what we see with Odell, and that's what we saw with Joe Burrow as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because uh, I'm confident Odell Beckham's going to have a ton of money on him in the Super Bowl. So we'll we'll have to – he's healthy, uh, so – you know, it's it's going to be interesting. But Doc, you mentioned Baker Mayfield, and I want to segue into our last topic here before we leave. A Jimmy G. You know, listen, you can think anything you want about those guys in terms of their quarterback play or their talent. But as fans, I always think we, uh, you know, we kind of live on both sides of the fence. We complain when guys don't play injured, like hey, your boy LT, right? I complained about it back then. You know, he's standing on the sidelines, trip to the Super Bowl at stake, but. You know, guys like Mayfield and Jimmy G, they play injured and then we compl- and then we criticize them for not being 100, you know, not playing up to par. So, there was an interesting article that came out by Mike Silver who sat down with Jimmy G after the game. You know, and he admitted how that he's injured, that he's playing hurt. So, I want to get your thoughts on that and I know there's something else we both kind of think of. I thought it was interesting that he admitted he was injured. You knew he was injured. And the 49ers didn't put in any packages at all for Trey Lance. This is a guy they're throwing parades for. Oh, he's starting next season. They couldn't have a couple of packages in the playoffs for Trey Lance. So I want to hear your thoughts on Jimmy G. There's no question.
0: Kudos to Jimmy G. We weren't hating on him saying, I mean, his sixth door was still nowhere near in the 90s. Uh, His thumb. And look, look, I think he's still going to have surgery. Uh, because there was some description of what we call a Stenner's legion, which does better with surgery. The good news is, after surgery, the recovery is reliable. Wherever Jimmy G goes ne- next year, this thumb should not be an issue. But, yes, it's very hard to not get the ball. If you look at his pass charts, and we've been talking about it, look, uh, he threw a 40-yard pass, touchdown pass in this game, but it didn't travel
1: 40 yards no. in the air. <laughs> that, was, mean, that was two yards and 38 of Debo.
0: Yeah, and and but he got there. His his past chart has been completely different with the thumb, and and understandable. Remember a very similar injury. Future Hall of Famer Drew Brees missed six weeks with surgery uh, in uh, with the Saints towards the end of his career. There, so kudos to Jimmy G for playing through. But you're right, fans have this. You're suited up, so you're good to go. So you should be healthy, right? I mean, look, even in that Dallas game. They were down seventeen to nothing, right? And people were saying, "What is he doing in the game?" Pull him, and then helped rally his team back. He was not a hundred percent. I'm on his side with this, but a lot of guys aren't a hundred percent. And you know, this is kind of what happens. This is why we do what we what we do. Uh, but I've been saying it for a while, and I know we even on our staff we have a couple of Forty Nine er fans. They probably don't want to hear this, but. Okay, and, and I actually got into a discussion a little bit with a with a, a very well respected Niners beat reporter saying, you know, you just can't put a rookie in at that point. Okay, I know Patrick Mahomes did not have the greatest second half in the world, but if Alex Smith, when the Chiefs were going to the playoffs, had this injury, I believe in his rookie year for Patrick Mahomes, I believe the Chiefs would have turned to him. Right and gave him something. If not the start, gave him something. I hope it works out for the 49ers. I love John Lynch. I like Kyle Shanahan. But I would be nervous as a 49er fan that you traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. And at the end of his first year, you didn't have enough confidence in him not only to not start him ahead of Jimmy G, who you know is injured, but as you say, no packages and no (laughs) plays. Now, some of that... Our 49er fan in the room here explained that Kyle Shanahan said something about game flow, that by switching packages, you see different defenses, and it throws them off on play calling and
1: game flow. Okay, maybe. But- well, his play calling sucked on Sunday, so <laughs> I'm not buying that for a second. <laughs> they, you know, he's part of the reason they lost the game. He's, he's too busy handing the ball off to the fullback. Give me Trey Lance in the game and run the ball with him on uh, on third and two. So I'm not buying that for a second.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just reporting the, the facts. But, yeah, I, it does worry me. I mean, if I were a 49er fan, I would be, I would be worried. And, and, look, it's unfair to Jimmy G. I mean, he's going to get saddled with, look, in the Super Bowl you had a 10-point lead and you couldn't keep it. And uh, and here he had a 10-point lead to get back to the Super Bowl. He couldn't keep it. Obviously, he doesn't play defense. I mean, you know, uh, it is what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it's listen, I think for me, probably the most interesting team heading into next season. They've already opened 14-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which is, those are pretty short odds. You know, they're in the middle, they're right there with some of the favorites to win next year's Super Bowl. And they have a quarterback we haven't really seen yet. So that's going to be a, a team that we're going to be talking about a lot in the offseason, Doc. All right. I mean, always, right? Yep. So, well, hey, Doc, we're all—I I can't wait to to get into this more over the next two weeks. We're going to be all over the injuries. We're going to be looking at prop plays based on injuries. So, make sure to go to sixscore.com, follow us on Twitter at profootballdoc, and subscribe to all the videos here on YouTube. We're going to have a ton of stuff coming up the next couple of weeks, Doc. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, the field views and six scores are up, but let me give a little teaser here. Still two weeks away, right? Early on, let's talk about the Rams' running backs, Cam mm-hmm. Akers. Unbelievable that he's back from the Achilles, but you see now, although he did make that jump the second week, he's not jumping that much more. He's not the explosive Cam Akers to the point that Sony Michelle got a lot of touches in this game, um, and Sony Michelle has his own knee issues and is tired. And Cam Akers, in two weeks, is he going to become totally explosive? I mean, he made a good jump from that first week to the second week. Right now, he's doing well, but just a guy. Don't be surprised if in another two weeks, Daryl Henderson makes it back and is healthy. Don't be surprised if there are, I don't know where where his prop yards or carries are going to come out, but if it comes out very low and depressed, you heard it here first, you might want to jump on that. Because he may be the most explosive guy for the Rams uh, coming out of the backfield based on health anyways.
1: Yeah, Doc, and you told me this before we came on here, and I thought it was a great point. There is, They don't have uh, any Henderson stuff up yet. Akers is out for, for yards. He's 59 and a half. One thing I'll uh, add on to what Doc said. If, if Doc thinks Daryl Henderson is healthy and is going to play a part in this game, his attempts are going to be very low. Maybe one and a half, two and a half, depending on what the news that comes out in. So if Doc thinks he's going to play a role, his attempts should go over easy. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on, Doc. Well, don't
0: jinx me. Last year was the first time for the Super Bowl that I got into the uh, talking about props thing because I'm not a gambling guy. But Tampa versus the Chiefs. Our number one thing last year was take Patrick Mahomes over rushing yards because scramble yards count as rushing yards and sack yards go against the pass total, not the run total. And with Eric Fisher out, the O-line shuffle was on, three-fifths of the Chiefs' offensive line was playing out of position or for the first time starting together against a healthy Vita Vea Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, etc. And we hit the over Patrick Mahomes prop, halfway through the first quarter. Three rushes, and he was already in the 20s, and the total was anywhere from 19 to 21.5 in terms of yards. So hopefully we'll find some more nuggets like that for this year, too, as we move on. But it's posted for guys to go look at sixscore.com.
1: Yeah, and we're going to have a ton of stuff on the props, like we said. So, Doc, it's going to be a crazy two weeks. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Thank you.